hello again, uh, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> you look stunned and surprised. <laughs> it's morning, so I'm not fully with it. Usually not, really not a bed. Yeah, I'm sober. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy fix. We can change that. But I'm super excited about today. Yeah, I am as well. We, we have uh, an amazing guest um, on the show. We have a wonderful person, a life enthusiast, a world traveler, entrepreneur, furniture designer, jewelry designer, business mastermind, antique diva, and fellow podcaster, Tama Clark Haynes. And find <laughs> her at theantiquesdiva.com, on Instagram, at Antiques Diva, Facebook, Antiques Diva and Company, and, of course, the Business of Antiques podcast. So a ton of platforms because she's a busy lady. So we're, we're excited to have her here. Welcome, Tama. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited to be here. And from now on, you always make my introductions, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we and- can arrange that. And okay, it, say, Tama is a friend to the show and yes. a friend in real life. I used to work for Tama. So we've known each other for a while. We've known each other for a long time. I don't know that you worked for me. You worked with me. Well, <laughs> and yeah. it's, a, it's a definite difference in semantics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say when I met you, it changed my whole life. Oh, that makes yeah. me so happy. It did. Okay. In Chicago and then. You ended up hiring me to work for your company, and it was a whirlwind from there. We call it the diva train because the <laughs> diva just keeps on going. <laughs> no, so what happened, actually, because this is really such an interesting thing. Anyone who knows me well knows that I go with my intuition. Like, I operate 100% out of my stomach, which, by the way, they do say that when babies are formed, that the brain, like, when babies are formed, the thing that starts as the baby is what becomes the nucleus of the baby like of the, of the human being like the brain is actually in the stomach of an infant that's so crazy yeah it's crazy i i gave a really bad explanation for that we're gonna have to look that up to give scientific <laughs> terms to it but my point is i go entirely with my stomach and andrew and i met i was speaking in chicago you attended it. We we had been friends on social media. You attended the talk. We ended up meeting for drinks at Ralph Lauren. Yep. And like two weeks later, I called you and I said, I have a job to offer you. The pay is crap, but the experiences are amazing. Yeah. And you took it. It was amazing. And and so I, I ended up moving over to, well, you were based in Berlin then. Yeah. And so I moved to Berlin. And then, I mean, it was just crazy because you do antique buying tours for private clients, trade clients, and take them all over Europe. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. It really so my, yeah, my oh. company's called the Antique Steve & Co. And that's exactly what we do. We do antique sourcing for both trade as well as private for private individuals. Yeah, and I know you've, you've been speaking at different markets and different events and for different associations all over, I mean, in the UK and in the US. Um, and so a lot of people that have followed your journey know your story that you're from Oklahoma, um, <laughs> that you ended up moving over to Europe and you lived in Paris. Where else? Okay. So I moved to Paris back in 1999 oh. for five years, then Amsterdam for five years, Berlin for eight years. And I've been in Venice, Italy now too. Which is oh, beautiful. Yeah, I love that's it. awesome. It could be worse. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, true. it's it's so rare to have somebody that's not a Venetian like just move to Venice. Now, yeah. it, 
I, I will say I have been embraced and welcomed here. Um, it's funny because I've lived in many places. I mentioned all these places in Europe, but also in the U.S. I'm originally from Oklahoma. I lived in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Ohio before moving overseas. And this is the only place that the day I showed up, me, I arrive in Venice with me and my three boats, full of my possessions, and me and my three boats arrive. I have no makeup on. I have my hair in a ponytail. My house is chaos. Like literally it's boxes and lots of Italian screaming men, which by the way, it still happens now, but <laughs> for other reasons. And so so uh, it's like, it's crazy in my house. And my doorbell kept ringing all day long for the first week as people just showed up. It was like the welcome wagon Love because it. they said, Oh, we've heard you've moved to town. We've heard you're amazing. We want to be your friend. Like, I've never had this happen in any of my moves. That's so great. I, I love that. Well, I'm going to come visit you one of these days. I can't wait. I have a guest bedroom with your name on it. Yay. <laughs> Adam, you can come if you want. Carry I, my I, bag. I will, uh, yeah, I'll be the gondolier getting you into town. Okay. Adam, I have two beds, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. We ain't sleeping in the same no, bed. Ma'am. <laughs> so talk to me about... You're an American, you're, you're living in Europe, you started your business in Europe. What is that like? How does that work? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm either absolutely nuts, which is a possibility, or I'm a genius. I haven't decided which. Um, no, I, I had this idea to, in fact, I had this idea to write a book. And so I started writing a book. This is now 12 13 years ago, I started writing a book on where to go antiquing in Europe. And the book was picked up by a publisher. This is 2008. The book is picked up by a publisher. And six months, nine months later, the project is killed. So literally one day I get an email. I don't even get a phone call. The email says, we apologize. We know we've contracted you to write this book, but in fact, it's 2008. Nobody's traveling to Europe. No one's buying antiques. The book I was writing was an, a guide to buy antiques in Europe. And they said, no one's traveling to Europe. No one's buying antiques. So unfortunately, we need to kill your project. Oh, we're going to pay you a small fee to say, a small kill fee to say, we're sorry. So I get the kill fee and the kill fee is so small. <laughs> When I say small, Kilfie, it was so small that I had decided, okay, I need to do something special with this. Otherwise, I'm going to be like utterly depressed by like the, you know, 0 0.03 cents per hour I've made for the last year of my life. And my ex-husband and I, we wanted to go, I wanted to do something special. So I said, let's go to Tour d'Argent in Paris. But we couldn't afford dinner. <laughs> we could only afford lunch at Tour d'Argent with the Kilfie that I got for the book. But this is the miraculous thing is I have this book I'm writing. The book is killed. The project is killed. And three weeks after the project is killed, I get some random email because I had started writing a blog to promote the book. And I get a random email that says, will you take me on an antique buying tour? And honestly, I said, no, I was like, I don't do that. Like right. I'm not going to shop with some strangers. That's weird. Right. Three emails later, I realized people are trying to pay me to do what I do for fun right. already. Like they're trying to pay me to do my passion. And so by the third time someone asked, I was smart enough to say yes. And honestly, that yes changed my life. 
Okay, so at that point in time, were you working another job? No, I. So I, when I moved to Europe, the French had denied my work visa, and by this point, my ex-husband had been transferred to Amsterdam. I was the president of the International Women's Club. I didn't have a job. <laughs> I, I, I was a lady who lunched, if I want to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> and and I gave that up because I was bored. I wanted something for me. Yeah. So so. You get this idea or it kind of found you and you're like, okay, this is an opportunity here. How do you go about starting a business in another country? Like, are you, is it an American business? So at this moment, we're now actually 12 years into this. We're now re-registering as an American business. However, at the time we registered, by this point, my ex-husband was transferred to Berlin in the middle of all this. And I registered as a German business. I did not know how to do it. And I think this is one of my biggest business tips I could say is hire the experts. I realized quickly that I was in over my head. So I hired an attorney who helped me to register the business. They helped me to find an accountant. They helped me to find the right insurance. And someone basically walked me through the process of registering my business in Germany. So in Germany, I was a GmbH, and which is the equivalent of an LLC. Okay. Yeah, that's really important, especially if somebody wants to have an international business right. with, you know, a foot in several different countries. Having the right people that know what they're talking about is the first thing to do. It's the, it's the first step. Now, I am a firm believer you always hire the experts. And I'm at kind of a time of transition in my life. I've moved to Italy. I'd kept the business based in Germany for a while. And at a certain point in the last three months, I realized it made more sense for me to re-register the business in America. So I'm actually in a time now where I'm kind of shuffling things up and changing them yet again. And in business, honestly, that's what you have to do. You have to continually set your sail and catch the wind and see where the wind's coming from and change direction based upon, based upon where the wind's coming from. So I think you have to know the direction you're going in and then catch the right wind, which is going to get you where you're going. Yeah. And, and speaking of, different directions. I know that you designed a furniture line recently, but a couple years ago? Yeah. And how did that come about? <laughs> so one of my clients was Randall Weeks, who's the CEO of Aiden Gray. And Randall had told me a few years ago, a few years before my collection came out, he said he had this idea. Now, Aiden Gray is known for doing very traditional patinated uh, French influence furniture. And he said, I really want to do a more modern influence in my designs. But he said, my audience doesn't want that from me. That's not what my audience is looking for when they come into Aiden Gray to buy furniture. And he goes, if you happen to see anything, let me know. And I would text him photos. I think even you and I were at Mercant and Fiat one time texting him photos together. And he, he kept, he would respond, but nothing really was happening. And one day I had an idea. I was walking actually in a store, which Andrew, you will know we were in Lille in mm -hmm. the North of France. I think you and I probably were together at the time. We were in the North of France in the town of Lille in a store called Nordwest. Yeah. And there was this uh, Louis Sixteenth style chair that they had removed the back from the chair and the seat from the chair. And I saw it and I thought, that's a sculpture. That's a work of art. And I texted it to him and I said, 
this feels like art. And he responded favorably. And the following December, like, I don't know, four months later, I was in Dallas and I showed up at his office with a full blown presentation of all of my ideas, which by the way, if you ever pitch a license collection, you're not supposed to give them your ideas without having them sign <laughs> documents. I broke all the rules. I showed up with every single one of my ideas in this 16 page document. And I sit down and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You told me this is what you want. I want to do a license collection. And the genesis of the idea started by deconstructing traditional French furniture and thinking, okay, if you remove the back of a chair, you remove the seat of the chair, what if you were to put Lucite in place of it? Okay, let's take this a bigger step. Let's look at a console. Let's look at other styles of furniture and start mixing medias. And so I pitched him very boldly. He caught my vision and it took almost two years for the idea to come to fruition. So it was a lot of time, a lot of work, but it's amazing because I now have the antique Zeta collection by Aiden Gray. Love it. Would you do it again? Absolutely. I, I cannot say who, however, I have been approached by two other furniture manufacturers who have asked me to do collections. One of whom I've proposed something very out there and they love it. So, so watch this space. Yes, we'll stay tuned. That's awesome. That's that's what a, what a, you know just a great journey that you've been on. And so over this pathway of antiques diva, you've 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 accomplished a lot. You've had your hands uh, in a lot of different things. So jewelry, furniture design. You know, how do you know what to pick up next? And you know what's going to be you know worth the time that you know, the little time that you have available because you're you're doing so many things. You know, I said earlier, this thing about hiring Andrew was intuition. I remember calling Andrew and saying, you know, hey, I've got this opportunity and I don't know if it's right for you, but let's talk about it. And honestly, that thing about what's in my stomach is how I operate on absolutely everything. Um, if something feels right or it doesn't feel right. I will say, you know, there's that expression, fools rush in, and I rarely do things quickly. And my content manager, Catherine, she sometimes gets frustrated with me because I tell her an idea and she gives me a time frame and she says, okay, here's the next five months, here's the plan, here's the strategy, blah, 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 blah. And I say, yeah, 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 whatever. And she wants to box it into this is how you do it. And often that five-month time frame becomes a 15-month time frame. But... What I've learned is to trust my stomach. Sometimes it feels right to go forward and sometimes it feels right to wait. Yeah, that's how I operate too. And not everybody understands that. You know, sometimes I work with people who want very structured, um, standard operating procedures. And I'm like, sometimes you have to handle things differently depending on the client or in different situations, you know? So I was just in Cambodia. I just, I, so I'm, I'm now at home in Venice, but I got home from Cambodia four days ago and I was in Cambodia for two weeks working on my book and the book is a memoir. It's a travel log and it's a, it's business advice as well. But as I was working on the book, I realized something very unique about myself because I realized I have no concept of time that as I was writing like chapter one, Chapter one, I would talk about my childhood simultaneously with my time in Paris, with my time in Berlin, with my time yesterday in Cambodia, with my time tomorrow that hadn't even happened yet. And 
I think this is something unique in people who trust their intuition is that time doesn't exist in a typical linear fashion. Yeah, I would agree 100%. And, and, and the, other, the other point to that, not just the intuition, is the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And for me, I work best when I'm inspired. Yes. If, if you ask me to write a book and I'm not feeling it, it's not going to be good. Yes. No, I I mean, I can do something out of obligation, but it's the spirit of obligation. And the spirit of obligation is a very different spirit than the spirit of inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have another question that came up when Adam was asking you the last one. Um, Because you are involved in so many different things and they're based in different countries. I mean, how many countries is your business? (laughs) Oh my goodness. So as a company, we're in 16 countries. And, you know, there's a famous Charles de Gaulle quote. And Charles de Gaulle says, and I'm going to get the exact number wrong, but basically he says, how do you rule a nation that has 365 varieties of cheese? And it's the description of my life. So how do you, I mean, your brand is so personal, whether it's, you know, the antique Steva brand or the, um, Republic of Tama, is that the name of your jewelry? <laughs> that is the jewelry, which, by the way, I do want to come back to the jewelry because I have a fun story for you on that. Okay. <laughs> but then you also have the Business of Antiques podcast. Yeah. And you have the Antiques Diva collection. And it's all very surrounded around you as a, per- as a personality. But you can't do it all. How do you delegate? So as a company, officially, we are 31 people. Everyone is independent contractors. And I have people who help me with a variety of things. I often joke that I found the secret to cloning myself. And the secret to cloning myself is finding people who are freaking amazing at what they do. And that's, I mean, it's what I saw in you that day we met for drinks. I knew, I'm like, this is a special guy. He's really spectacular. And so what I figure out is when I... In looking to expand my team, I find someone who has a trait either that I don't have or has a trait that I have, but that's better than what I am. And then I talk to that person and I say, hey, I want you to join my team. This is what I'm thinking for you to do. Sometimes they say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. But this is what I want to do. And what I've learned is in order to expand my business... Number one, it can't be about me. The fact is my brand name. So as a company, we're called the Antique Steve. So Antique Steve is the brand. We do antique buying tours. But then we have our Antique Steve collection by Aiden Greer Furniture Collection, the Republic of Tom and Jewelry Collection, the Business of Antiques podcast. And we have an antique dealer training and mentoring program I also lead. So it's five elements all under one umbrella. But what I found is for all those 31 members of my team, if I can find what they do wonderfully, then just let them do it. If I let, if I don't put my ego in the way, if I remove my ego and say, I know best, this is how you need to do what you do. And instead I say, Hey, Andrew Skipper, you're freaking fabulous. Go do that thing you do. The fact is my brand expands overall when I trust other people to stand in their own power. And I will say that's, I, we have grown exponentially in the last 12 years. Um, I mean, it's been really a startling amount of growth and it's grown not because of me, it's grown because I have an amazing team 
and I've let them shine in what they do. And I've trusted them, even when sometimes I went to micromanage and I went to say, no, 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 don't do it that way. This is my way. Do it. But I've learned, no, if I let them do what they do, I'm going to be better than myself because I'm expanding my territory. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Tom, one of the things we talk about in the show, as you know, um, is is either starting something new and exciting and in, in, in entrepreneurship or leveling up something that's existing. And we all know that the pathway isn't uh, always easy and sometimes things fall apart. And in one of your recent episodes of the Business of Antiques podcast, you talk about being grateful for not just good things, but also being grateful for the not so good things and taking shit to fertilizer. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> what I want to know from you is what is your best shit to fertilizer story? Oh my goodness. Okay. I have so many shit to fertilizer stories. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to start by saying that expression is not my own. In fact, so man, five years ago, I came home from a business trip and I found out that my husband of 18 years was having an affair and he had been having an affair in my house. Like he had brought the woman into my home and it like it literally it it rocked my world. Andrew and I were working together at the time and it it honestly crushed me on it crushed me in a level that I can't even begin to express. What has grown so what has grown out of that? One, I saw a therapist and I still see her. I see her once a month. And this woman is a genius. And literally the very first time I walked in and saw her, she said, Okay, so we have to figure out how to turn this shit into fertilizer. She said, we got to turn this into something else because otherwise you're just in shit. And I'm like, yes, that's true because right now I'm in the shit. Um, and, and as I said, Andrew was with me at that particular time in my life. And it, it it's still five years later, I sometimes feel like I'm like those green buds bursting out of the, you know, the raw earth. But what happened in that incident? in that incident is I learned to rely on me. My entire life, I grew up, I grew up in Oklahoma in a very conservative environment. And I went from being like a daddy's girl to suddenly I was like the princess bride. And then I became a princess and my husband was my prince. And he kind of gave me this amazing life. And at a certain point, I started growing into myself and I developed this brand called the Antiques Diva. So I kind of think I went from being a princess to a diva. And what has happened in the last five years during this time of transformation is honestly, I feel like I've become me. And it's been a very hard journey. It's not something I would ever wish upon anyone else. However, I actually really like me. I like my life. I like the person that I've grown into. And what I can see is I would never be this person if it weren't for what I went through then. And I will say, uh, speaking of my ex-husband, I will also say I have worked really hard to maintain as good of a relationship and a friendship as possible. And it's not easy, but it also, I mean, everyone has their story and everyone has their reason for things. Yeah, hey, absolutely. And it, it really speaks to your character about how you take a, an awful experience and, and learn something from it and, and grow from it and uh, still be, you know, a positive person. That's <laughs> I'm not positive every day for the record. 
Okay, I will say, Andrew, again, you know Gail, my colleague in England. Three days ago, I texted her and I said, I'm in the bleakest, darkest place in life. So, so the dark places still come. The importance is not the darkness, it's the light. And it's finding the light every single time. Uh, after my husband and I separated, I started taking boxing lessons. And it's so funny because I didn't understand at the time the like significance of what I was doing. But what I was doing is I was learning to get up. I started taking boxing because I wanted to beat the shit out of something. But what boxing did was it knocked me down again and again and again. And every time I got knocked down, I got back up and I continued going. And that's the real lesson in life. It's not the getting knocked down that matters. It's the getting up. Yeah. And you, you just mentioned Gail. And I want to say it's really important to have good people surrounding you. And you have great people. I feel like I have great people. You have great people, Adam, because I'm one of your Most people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. On a lighter note, let's. you said you wanted to touch on the jewelry. What's the yes. story? Yes. So, you know what? In fact, it's funny. It's like the perfect segue. Um, so the jewelry started literally in the boxing in boxing lessons. So I'm in boxing class and I, I decided to take a private instructor who came to my home, which, by the way, he happened to be a German model. So that kind of helped. Oh, I remember. Um, <laughs> he was very cute. Um, so anyway, Julian, if you're listening to this, we think you're very cute. Anyway, so he, Julian would come to my house once a week and he'd beat me up a little bit and I would fall down. And one day. I was literally laying on my living room floor and I glanced down at my left hand and honestly, am I allowed to cuss? I've already cussed like several times. Yes, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) You encourage it. No, I looked at my left hand and he just pissed me off because I didn't have a wedding ring on. And I mean, I'd gotten engaged when I was 20. So not having a wedding ring was a really big thing. And I realized it made me angry. It made me sad. And just by happenstance, two weeks later, I had left for Asia. And the person who had started Antiques Diva Provence, um, basically, I always work with a local representative in various areas when we start a new tour country. And so the person who had started Antiques Diva Provence, she had moved to Bangkok. And she was not helping me to launch Antiques Diva Thailand or Antiques Diva Southeast Asia. Um, she was helping peripherally behind the scenes, but she was not the lead person. But I get off the plane. I go to lunch with her. She and I are sitting at lunch and she's telling me that she was starting a jewelry company and she was going to start designing jewelry. And she told me this like year and a half process she had gone through where she had been searching for a factory, searching to find the right person to make her products. And a flippant comment I make, I say, oh my goodness, I've always wanted to do that. And she goes, oh, well, give me 10% and you can meet my factory. And I said, no, 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 no. I just want to make myself a ring. I want to make myself a ring because every time I look at my hand, it pisses me off. So I want to make a ring for myself. And she's like, design your ring. So literally, I designed the biggest, boldest, most over-the-top, craziest ring on earth. No, not you. (laughs) Not me. I know, I know. It was so me. And so I designed this crazy ring. And they make it. And like, literally, I I shouldn't even say this, but like the price comes back and the price is like, I don't know, like 250 euro and it's like, you know, 27 sapphires. And I mean, it was amazing. And I'm like, wait, I can make more of these. And eventually I thought, okay, either I have a really bad addiction 
or I'm starting a new business. So that I was in Thailand for three months. I was in Asia for three months while I was setting up Antiques Diva Asia. And during that time, I designed 97 rings. Good God, woman. Wow. So every time I had a free moment, I would go over to the JTC, the Jewelry Trade Center, and I would get a white tray, I would get a white sheet of paper, and I would pick stones, and then I would sketch around the stones, and I would make these, I would make various pieces of jewelry, really focused on rings, the first collection. And it took me about a year and a half to launch the collection, but here's what's so amazing, is when we launched... A writer, the very first journalist who ever wrote about Antiques Diva was a woman named Lynn Yeager. And Lynn were also happens to be a contributing editor with Vogue. So I contacted Lynn. And I, yeah, I contacted Lynn and I said, hey, you were the first journalist who ever wrote about me at Antiques Diva. Would you co-host my party? So my opening launch party for my jewelry collection is in Paris during Paris Design Week. And I have Lynn Yeager, contributing editor of Vogue magazine, as my freaking co-host for the jewelry collection. But we launched as the TCH collection, the Tom Clark Haynes collection. So we get press. Press comes out. We get five magazine mentions. All five magazine mentions say, all five magazine mentions say, the THC collection. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not the marijuana collection. I'm the Tom Clark Haynes collection. <laughs> like, uh, I've never even tried drugs. No, 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 this isn't me. So I had to change the name because when you when you would type TCH, it would autocorrect to THC, and every media mention we got was THC. So last year I made the change to Republic of Thomas. And we're now being sold in five countries, by the way. God, I don't know how you do it. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I want I want a ring. Yeah. <laughs> I will design one don't for you, Andy. I'm not giving you a ring. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk after this is over. We're gonna design like a whole we're but, gonna design an Andrew Skipper ring. I want like a, a chest piece, like a peck <laughs> pectoral necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Something like just that's there. Just... No, I just saw one actually. Um, I'll send you pictures, Tama. Uh, I was at the Palm Beach Antique Show. Yeah. And um, one of the dealers had like antiquities and and beautiful gold chest pieces that they would have oh. worn and costume and oh my god, amazing. Send me this baby. We may okay. have a new line. Yeah. You would love it. I mean, <laughs> we'll call this the Andrew Skipper collection. There you yes. go. There you yes. Go. Ace. Ace. <laughs> Um, so tell me what's next. I mean, you've, you've, you're a very accomplished woman. What's, what's next? So I told you that I'm writing a book. Um, and I'm about 60% through, I went to Cambodia with the intention of finishing the book and I, I didn't get as far along as I thought, but I also was surprised in writing the book, what came out. I've been working on it for about a year. Um, but I really wanted to give it like a full on focus. And I made the comment earlier that I realized that I realized that I don't view time the same way other people view time. And one of the things I tend to do is I tend to fully focus on one thing, like 100%. If it's what the thing that's in front of me, it's the thing that matters at this moment. But hold on one second. I apologize. My doorbell's ringing. <laughs> Uh, this is called the busy life of a diva. Hold on, I'm going to open my door here. Okay, the door's cracked, and now I'm going to shut the living room door. I apologize about that. That's all um, right. 
No, so so the book is really where my passion is. What is fascinating is as I started writing the book, I had outlined the book, I've been working on it a year, and as I really sat down to 100% focus on it, what I discovered was there was another element in the book that I never knew was there, and it was a more spiritual element that I didn't expect. So stay tuned, watch this space, we'll see what happens. Um, so that's what's coming up. Otherwise, I'm working on two licensed collections that I've been uh, asked to work on. Um, so we'll see. And I have a, I have another idea, which I can't tell anyone about because it's just that top secret, which means give me one year and ask me back on the show again. Yeah, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, I have no doubt that something interesting will happen soon. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. There's a specific theme, something I want to do. I have a list of life goals. So here's my deal. I write my life goals in dry erase marker on my bathroom mirror. And so I see them every day. And I think that's super important. When you have a goal, you need to see it every day. And there's one goal I have been told no on for eight years. And eight years, I've been told no. And I finally think I figured out a way to yes. And so we'll see. I We'll see what happens. As I said, ask me back next year and we'll see if I'm right. <laughs> I have an idea of what it might be. So I'll I know. send you some good energy. <laughs> Thank you. I need all the energy I can get, baby. Love it. Well, as we um, near the end of this podcast, this is one of my favorite parts of all of our guest shows. We have a set of rapid fire questions. <laughs> that we I hope I can keep up. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> And these questions can, you can go as deep as you want. You can stay as shallow as you want. They can be one word answers or you can give explanations. Totally up to you. Uh, nothing's off limits. No. So no. with that, away. You've already let me cast today. We go. <laughs> what is your favorite word? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a tough one. Am I really allowed to be honest? Yes. Yeah. Fuck. 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 <laughs> fuck. 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 I'm sensing a repeat answer, which we'll see. <laughs> uh, what is your least favorite word? Fuck. 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 I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> what scares you? What scares me? Um, okay, honest answer. What scares me? Honestly, what scares me is that what scares me is that I'm too much. Like this, this is my big fear. Is uh, uh, honestly, I I date men, and like anytime I date, someone says, "Oh my God, you're amazing!" Like. I was joking with Gail, my colleague in England this morning. I said, like, Gail said, oh, it's like, it's so dry out there. And I said, no, I have no problem. I have, like, no problem meeting men. Like, it's super easy. I meet lots of interesting, eligible men. However, every man I meet, it seems like they say, you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. And then it doesn't go anywhere. And I, the other day, I, I told Gail, I said, I kind of feel like, Maybe I'm too much. Like, so honestly, I'm terrified that I'm not going to find that guy who, that guy who can handle me. <laughs> you know, so that's my fear. That's so interesting because I feel the same way about me. Like whenever I would date somebody, they'd be like, you're amazing, but nothing would ever happen. And I'm like, I, sometimes I wish I was simpler. 
Well, no, I think what it could be, and I mean, this is my theory, um, I think it's because both are very charismatic people, energized, accomplished, and maybe they're fearful that they're not enough themselves to be with someone like either of you. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so I well, would take this compliment. <laughs> no, you know, I, I told Gil, I said it would be easier to understand I don't like you. I don't want to be with you. When right. someone breaks up with you and they say, when someone breaks up with you and say, you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. Oh, by the way, I don't want to be with you. I'm like, fuck you. Really? The <laughs> <laughs> fuck out of here. Exactly. Well, that leads right into the next question. <laughs> Your favorite curse word. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think I can drop the F-bomb one more time. <laughs> We're going to do a drinking part of the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. I think we know the answer to that one. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Next question. If there is a higher power, what do you call it? God. If you could travel into the future or the past, which would you choose and why? I believe I can travel into the future and past, and I believe I do so regularity. Wow. We have not had that answer, no, and I really I love like it. that. Um, okay, last question. What would you tell your nine-year-old self? Everything's going to be okay. You can do this. You've got this. I love that. I do, too. Tama, do thank too. you so much for being on our show, and thank you for being a friend to the show. <laughs> yes. No, I love your show. Our first international guest. That's How right. Amazing. That's Coming right. to you live from Venice, Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Ciao, <Bella. laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And seriously, Andrew, you you are one of the favorite people in my life. You're someone that like truly fed into me working with you. And I was very honored when you asked me to be on the show. Oh well, thank you. And I'm we're honored that you're here. And I love. <laughs> I love you guys. And I, I'm sorry I said the F word so many times. We're not going to allow my father to listen to this for the record. <laughs> this is another not safe for dad episode. I said <laughs> exactly. funk. Like That's the hashtag. F-U-N-K, like funk. <laughs> Italian funk. word. Uh, funk. Funkity funk funk. Funkity funk funk. <laughs> well, on that note, we will see everybody next time. Uh, Adam, you want to? Yeah, so um, obviously if you want to learn more about uh, Tama and the work that she's doing, you can catch her at The Antiques Diva either on Facebook, uh, Instagram, her website, antiquesdiva.com, um, her very own podcast. So our listeners, go go check her out. She's amazing. The Business of Antiques podcast. Uh, just a lot of great things from her. And we really appreciate your time today. And for our listeners, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Thank you for listening. And we will see you all next time.